Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the October 8th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 192 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Lally Kapawa and myself will be recapping the past week of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Recently, we've partnered with Waldorf Publishing to bring some insight into their authors and some of the books they're currently working on. With that in mind, we'll be highlighting a variety of authors over the next several weeks. For more information on the series, check out for the Storytime for Grown-Ups Author Spotlight, currently available on Football Plum's Fantastic Finds. Our first guest tonight is Reverend Martin L. Dunn III, the author of several children's books, along with What Could a Priest Know About Marriage? Dunn is an ordained minister for a very large church and parochial grade school in Boca Raton, Florida. Prior to seminary, where he obtained a master's degree in divinity, which incorporated several graduate-level courses focused on God, he spent a decade working in the real world. Those experiences included complete, completing a bachelor's degree in accounting with CPA, as well as large commercial and nonprofit business management. These experiences were complemented by his firsthand relationships with God and others, along with years of ministering to others from many walks of life about their own relationship with God. All of this has resulted in a unique perspective on just how deeply God wants us all to have the best life possible. Considering his ironic role as a priest and the main misconceptions it contains, he feels his book, What Could a Priest Know About Marriage, can be a critical guide for all those from all walks of life who are searching for that one affirming relationship. This book has been years in the making and incorporates insights and lessons he has repeatedly and successfully introduced into his ministry to directly and individually console thousands of individuals and hundreds of relationships. These insights have not only assisted others in finding those meaningful relationships by freeing themselves from various misconceptions which have unwittingly held them down, but, far more importantly, they have brought them about healing, strengthening, and their relationships in such a way that the relationship enhances all areas of life with a peace and joy that few ever thought was possible, even as it grows and develops over the years. The Reverend should be calling in any moment now. I did just send him the, the call-in number. Unfortunately, I got the, the call-in numbers confused because before the pandemic, we had one different one number for Blog Talk Radio to call into. And after the pandemic, it was a totally different number. And I did use a little bit older format to get the show script done this week because we do have the, the authors from Waldorf Publishing back on the program again for a few more weeks. And hopefully all that works out well this evening. It'll be an interesting conversation this evening with the Reverend Dunn. Um, first time we've had a, a religious person on the show to discuss their 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 work. Um, it does seem like it'll be an interesting discussion. Uh, what a priest could know about marriage, I'm sure they know quite a bit. Um, and it'll be cool to, to listen to his As I stated, we've got a couple more minutes until he's scheduled to call in. So let's go ahead and listen to a brief snippet from Ron Pastana in the pit crew. Let's go ahead and go dirt track racing.
Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. As I stated, we've got Reverend Martin L. Dunn III on the program this evening, and we're pleased to welcome him to the show. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's great to be with you tonight. Oh, doing great. Really excited to be a part of this. Thank you very much for coming on. First off, can you tell us a little bit how you got your school? Affected all of us. And one of the consequences was everything stopped, all the activities. And it really got me off guard. And I was like, like, this doesn't work. I'm always going. I'm always doing. And I saw my opportunity. This is my chance to write these books and put down on paper these ideas I wanted to for a very long time. And actually elaborate in these books on why it is important to always try and make the best out of a bad situation, that something good can come out of the most difficult, bad situations. And this last year has been proof of it. Less than a year ago, these books weren't even thought of in my mind. And now they're at online and traditional retailers everywhere. It's really remarkable. And you tell us a little bit more about what you do day to day. Well, I have the best job in the world. Every day I get to help open eyes to people who are looking for meaning, looking for purpose, looking for reassurance on their value and their role that they're meant to play in this world and that they're not meant to go it alone, that it doesn't have to be as difficult as they fear, that they need to get help from outside. It's not a sign of shame. It's actually a sign of strength to reach out to God, to reach out to others. And and I illustrate this in a very direct way in my book, that you can reach out and you will not be judged. You're going to be delighted in because you are playing your part. You are striving to be the best you can be. You are striving to make this unique contribution to the world and all the uh, craziness and excitement of life. What's your favorite part about being an author? Favorite part is just the thought that at any given moment, I could be cruising down the street, I could be in bed asleep, just the thought that at the exact same time, somebody could be reading my book, somebody could be inspired and motivated, and even have a great turnaround in their life from the words in the book that they're reading or they're hearing in the audio format or they're reading their ebook. They're they're realizing, no, I can make a difference. And I, I give examples from my own life where you would think, oh, I'm just another person, nothing special. No, each and every single person has this value. And to recognize this urgency of living your purpose in the best way possible at every single moment, but with this excitement, with this anticipation. And it's really awesome to think that even when I'm not doing anything, people could still be benefiting from this tangible work. It's the most exciting feeling I've ever had. And how did you get your your inspiration? Well, I look for the signs everywhere. One of the greatest things happens when you least expect them, in the least expected ways. And I really believe God places signs all around us and people in situations in the mundane, the unusual, the blasé, but that point to what we're supposed to do to show how we're to respond, to show that we can have that courage. And I outlined how you could see that courage, that true courage, not this false, empty notion of being a superhero and 
flying off to putting out these big fires, but to really make a difference through responding to what is in front of you right now. And that happens every day. I see that in every encounter. And I never go into my day with a pre-plan, oh, I'm going to say this or I'm going to respond that way. I just listen very carefully to what people are saying to me in that moment. And from that, I'm guided to how to respond, what to say, how to help that person move from there. And I outline how everyone has that ability to do that in every walk of life. I'd like to throw you out to my co-host, Michael Milani Capallo in Freda, Washington, who has a couple of questions for you as well. Oh, please, ask me anything. My first question for you, of all the characters you created, which one would you like to see come alive on the silver screen? Well, wonderful question. It's funny because everything in this book is based on based on experience, if not my own experience, the experience of others. And at the very end of my book, I prove all the claims I make. I prove that what I'm saying is not a fairy tale. I give this couple, offer this couple as an example, and I'd love to see their life portrayed in a movie. It was this couple that was married for nearly 70 years, Bill and Charlotte Beeler. They met during World War II. They overcame all these challenges with health and family and finances. They grew closer and more madly in love with each other during their entire time together. And I just simply put down the lessons they conveyed to me throughout this book to show that, no, it can happen. You can have a happy and meaningful life with a significant other that's constantly growing, never plateauing, always with greater meaning, purpose, and value that they touched me, and now... Thanks to them, I know that this book is going to help us others. So it just goes to show that positive ripple effect, that positive butterfly effect, which I elaborate on further, that every good thing we do, even if it's not noticeable at first glance, is making a positive difference to everybody else. And what is the funniest thing to happen to you in your career? <laughs> to be honest with you, I have funny experience every single day where people see me in the supermarket. They're like, oh, Father, you, you eat food? Or they'll see me at the beach. Oh, Father, you're at the beach? I, I, I could go on for hours with particular examples. They seem to be so surprised that although I'm a priest, I'm still a human being. I still have to eat. I still love enjoying activities. I love to drive. I, I love cars. And they're really surprised about that. And that's the particular thing I'm most excited about in this book, that I get to show people, hey, I've had these life experiences that I can incorporate. You can learn from the mistakes I've made. You can learn from the insights I've gained, the experiences, the great relationships I've had that you can benefit from, you can grow from, you can be your best from. And to always look at everything in a life as a stepping stone onto something better, onto the next big decision you're supposed to make, the next response you're supposed to make. And I, I love surprising people, and it's funny every time, to show them, hey, I'm a human being just like you. I'm not perfect. I'm striving to be better, and we're in this together. And I, I continue to find it funny every time people say, oh, you don't just go to church and pray all day. No, no. <laughs> 
And can you tell us a bit more about your recent book? Yes, get right to it in my book. I know how valuable everyone's time is, and I know how many demands are placed on them, how many pressures, how many disappointments. So in a very organized, concise way, I explain to them how they can find not only that maybe that one meaningful relationship, but have meaning in all relationships and have those meaningful relationships through true freedom, through true freedom from all the things, all the cycles, all the scars that you thought you could never be free from. And I outline it's not simply an instant process, but it's a lifetime process where you gradually get stronger and freer and more confident. And in turn, you recognize how you are helping others do the same while you're trusting others in every radical way to become the best you could possibly be. And I go through all sorts of critical elements such as transparency and forgiveness and surrender and courage, all these particular steps, but in a very methodical, orderly way. In three general sections, I first talk about how you need to prepare, how you need to place that foundation, get rid of anything that may interfere, and then how to start any relationship in the best way possible, even with the mistakes, even with the missteps, but how to really allow it to take off and to ensure, example of the dealer, how it can always take off, it can always grow, it can always become more fulfilling. And that's the word people are free of, afraid of. They're afraid of words like fulfillment, happiness, but I offer in my book a path to fulfillment, happiness, peace, and that it is possible even when all these externals, like the externals of this year, are going on all around us. And my final question for you this evening, what is your next next big project? Very happy to ask that, too, because it's been such a wonderful blessing that I found Waldorf. When I saw it a publisher, I didn't reach out to just any publisher. I wanted a publisher of values. And they were most excited to take on my first book, What Could a Priest Know About Marriage? And shortly after, they asked me this question, oh, would you consider writing children's books? <laughs> my honest answer was no. But I took on to it more easily than anything ever before. And since then, there have been so many children's titles that are in the works. One's coming out in just a couple weeks. It's called Marriage is God's Special Gift, and I'm really excited about that because children's books about marriage. I have the adult book that's already on the shelves, already for sale everywhere, already in all the formats, and I'm really hoping that families, parents, and children together enjoy these two books and, and encourage this discussion on what relationships are really supposed to be, how they're always meant to grow, and how you're always meant to recognize your value. And I have other exciting books coming out about God and the Bible, but the latest work is about having true values, virtues, and recognizing, in the contrary to this world where everything's just social media isolation, how the best things can often happen when people collaborate with others. And I present it through, like, the eyes of kids. I present it through exciting, fun details and, and little cartoon animals that liven it up and symbolism, but to emphasize how you are meant to make a difference. But more often than not, it's not by yourself. It's with others, relying upon others, relying upon God. 
and trusting that the most amazing surprises can happen along the way, as has been the case with my journey with these books. Again, didn't see myself as an author a year ago at this time, and here I am talking to you about these books. You mentioned that you're a car lover and you love to drive. What would be your ultimate dream car? Oh, 1965 Mustang convertible. I I really love the Mustang of all years, but the first year was the best. <laughs> it's just especially well, here in Florida. Yeah. yeah, it's a great. This is a great great place to have a convertible. To not really this this past month or so, it's been way too much rain, but generally it's pretty good. Indeed, indeed. And again, I'm a very proud Florida native, and I hope to spend the rest of my life here. But whether it's hot, humid, rainy, I love it. It's home. I wouldn't have the top down during the rain, though. <laughs> well, once again, we'd, love, we'd uh, really appreciate the fact that you took the time out of your schedule to come on the show this evening, and hopefully we can talk to you again in the future about your, one of your future books. I would love that. And again, thanks for taking the time to be with me today. Thank you, and have a great evening. You too. God bless. Once again, that was the Reverend Martin Dunn III, who's had the, uh, is working on a bunch of different children's books. And his current book, What Could a Priest Know About Marriage, is available all over anywhere books are sold. But you can check that out, especially on the Waldorf Publishing website or on their Facebook page. Those can easily be accessed by going to Football Phone's Fantastic Finds. As I say, I've got the new Storytime for Grown-Ups series is starting there, and that has a link to both their Facebook page as well as their, their website. So be sure to check that out. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Nolly, Capallo, or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, use every 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. In a normal season, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship would have run races by now on a couple temporary street circuits. But in this pandemic, unsettled year of 2020, events at Long Beach and Detroit were scuttled, and no true street courses are on the revised calendar. Enter the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval, officially listed as a road course, but more characteristically like a street circuit, according to drivers who recently tested there ahead of this week's MOTUL 100% Synthetic Grand Prix. In fact, AIM Vassar Sullivan pilot Jack Hawksworth labeled the 2.32-mile 10-turn track a street circuit on steroids. Saturday's 100-minute race at 8 p.m. on NBC Sportsnet will feature GT Le Mans, GT Daytona, in a skirmish. And for the IMSA WeatherTech Sprint Cup and GT, it will also mark the first IMSA event on the Charlotte Road Course in 20 years, although it's an update in recent years to accommodate the NASCAR race weekend. Changes included the addition of chicanes on portions of the oval track, along with larger, higher curving, all of which should lead to entertaining and unpredictable WeatherTech Championship racing. Antonio Garcia, driver of the number three Corvette, racing Corvette C8.R and GTLM standings leader, with teammate Jordan Taylor compared the Roval to the concrete jungle on the streets of Long Beach, California. Taylor said while the WeatherTech Championship also competes at Daytona International Speedway on a road course that includes portions of the Oval, the experiences are not alike. Daytona offers more runoff space in its infield section. 
Action at the Immortal 100% Synthetic Grand Prix begins with a one-hour practice at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Saturday, we'll see the WeatherTech Championship machines on track for a second practice from 9.45 to 11 a.m., followed by qualifying at 2 p.m. They can be streamed live on IMSA.com. Live race coverage begins at 8 p.m. on NBCSN, the green flag dropping at 8.05 p.m. In addition to the NBS, NBCSN telecast, IMSA radio coverage airs at IMSA.com and Sirius XM radio channels 217, XM202, and Airnet 972. This week, NHRA officials announced a 22-race 2021 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series schedule. Details on top fuel, funny car, pro stock, and pro stock motorcycle qualifying days, as well as special exhibitions and specialty series that compete at national events will be announced in coming weeks. NHRA enters 2021 with a new sponsor on its premier professional series, the Camping World, the nation's largest retailer of recreational vehicles, RVs, RV accessories, and RV-related services, and an extended partnership with Fox Sports, including Amped Up coverage. All 22 events in this extreme sport series will be aired exclusively on Fox Sports with select events on the Fox Broadcast Network. In 2021, NHRA will celebrate its 70th anniversary. Fans will experience special treats and features along the tour to commemorate this important milestone and honor the NHRA's vast history. For the first time, the NHRA season will kick off of the East Coast with its 52nd annual Amelie Motor Oils Internationals at Gainesville Raceway on March 12th through 14th. I should be at that race. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't narrowed down my entire 2021 race schedule yet. I know there'll be quite a few more than there were this year. Knock on fake wood thing as much as I have to. The traditional series opener of the 61st annual Lucas Oil NHRA Rare Nationals at Auto Club Raceway in Pomona moved April 9th through 11th in 2021, starting a unique three-week string stretch on the West Coast. The Rare Nationals will be followed by the Denso Spark Clubs NHRA Four-Wide Nationals in Las Vegas, the first of two four-wide events during the 2021 campaign, and the NHRA Arizona Nationals in Phoenix April 23rd through 25th. NHRA's famed Western Swing, the popular three-race summer tradition, includes thrilling events at Vandermeer Speedway in Denver, Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California, and Pacific Raceways in Seattle over consecutive weeks. The sport's biggest race, the historic NHRA U.S. Nationals, will stay in its traditional place over Labor Day weekend, September 1st through the 5th, at Lucas Oil Raceway at Indianapolis. NHRA's counter to the championship playoff system with the top 10 racers in each professional category competing for a championship over the final six races will lead into the 2021 season finale, the 56th annual NHRA Auto Club Finals, slated for November 12th through the 14th at Auto Club Raceway in Pomona, California. One facility, Route 66 Raceway in Chicago, is not holding any drag racing events as a facility in 2021, so it's not included on the schedule. Fans are encouraged to check out NHRA.com slash tickets for updates on future ticket purchases. As I stated, they do have a lot of changes going on in NHRA uh, right now. Uh, some of their their 2020 races are a little bit in flux, but most of them have been worked out now. And hopefully, 2021 schedule doesn't change at all, and they're able to work everything out, and it's all beautiful and happy and everything like that. Before we get into our our discussion period about motorsports in the in the current environment, let's go ahead and listen to short track racing from Ron Pazana and the pit crew. Hey, 
Once again, that was Short Track Racing from Ron Passana and the Pit Crew. You can find more information about them by searching for Ron Passana and the Pit Crew in your favorite search engine. It's been a kind of busy week in the world of modern motorsports here. They, most of the stuff's been more silly type things going on with the uh, the changing of uh, Hendrick Motorsports with the, the movement of drivers around there. Uh, there's also other driving movement going on in NASCAR as well as some stuff in IndyCar and other places. I've covered some of that on the uh, SpeedwayDigest.com. Be sure to check that out there. It should be a It'll be a long season, long off season this year again, with a lot of changes going on in every racing series. It seems like um, there's a lot of a lot of big changes. Some of them related to to COVID nineteen, unfortunately. Um, the we just mentioned the the Gator Nationals, and that they're sponsored by Emily Motor Oil. Unfortunately, Emily Motor Oil is currently removing themselves from sponsorship of the NASCAR Top Fuel card that they're sponsoring. Uh, due to uh, changes in driving habits of people in this country, um, as most of you know, if you've been spending any time away from the uh, traveling around as much, you're not driving as much, definitely. And so a small motor oil company like Emily is struggling a little bit, and they don't have as much of a budget to advertise as much as they used to. So what they're doing is they're removing their advertising budget from the National Hot Rod Association and focusing primarily on on keeping their factory afloat and changing up their some of their advertising there as well. Um, so if you have a small town company like Emily Water Oil and you're looking for a uh, looking for a a way to expand your your uh, sponsorship to have it go a little bit further, maybe you consider reaching out to us here at Speedway Digest. There's Night Thunder. We'd love to help you out as well. So. Once again, we wish everybody luck. You're in the current COVID-19 economy. It's definitely tough out there. Speaking of COVID-19, I know that there was a big race out there at the Yakima Speedway in your neck of the woods. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how that's how that situation is unfolding now? Yeah. So every year they host, it's called the Fall Classic up at Yakima Speedway. Um, and the track's like a mile, I think. I don't know. It's a really big track, but um, they always have a really good turnout for it, and it hosts the late model series around here and just a bunch of the big top series. And they sold out, well, nearly sold out is what I read, and their grandstands hold 10,000 people. But I guess in order to get away with it how they did, because the event wasn't supposed to happen, um, they claimed that they were protesting so that's how they got to hold the event but now it looks like it's kind of maybe creeping back up to bite them but maybe not bite them if you know they're happy with how it all turned out which they should be they had a really good turnout but now they're facing a huge fine because no one was social distancing or wearing masks or anything like that so so now they're in a little bit of trouble, it sounds like. That's no good. Um, people, there's things that are starting to reopen, and that's a great thing. There's a bunch of different people who are being allowed to, to go out to events they weren't able to go to just a few months ago. Um, but what people have to be careful about is that the, uh, they have to be safe, they have to be smart, and they have to, to not really flaunt the authority of the state. Because um, if you do that too much, you're going to get bitten by it. And 
and there's a a lot of different different requirements depending where you are, state, county, even different cities have different requirements. So you just have to be careful and do what's smart for you, and hopefully things get better in the long run. I know things have started to pick up a little bit more in different places, and it all depends on on where you are, like I said. It also depends on your perspective. You just have to do it in a smart way, and some people are are pushing it a little bit too hard, and that's that's really not a good thing. So it's going to be a, a long road getting back to what we were, were at before. Sometimes in some sports, we may not even be able to do that at all, um, and that's unfortunate, but it is the way it is. Uh, there's definitely going to be changes in, in all different sorts of racing uh, regarding the uh, the amount of people who show up and and the amount of seating they have and all that sort of stuff. Um, I know in in uh, in St. Petersburg, which are going to take place in a couple of weeks for the IndyCar race, they have 20,000 tickets they're going to be selling for that, which is a great amount of people, um, but it's nothing compared to what they normally have. Uh, so they are reducing seating, um, but with that race, they had a lot of people who took advantage of the of uh, turning in their their tickets and for a full refund. So they will have actually have additional seating available, additional tickets available for people who are interested in going to St. Petersburg at the end of this month for the IndyCar race. Be sure to check that out on gpstpete.com. Uh, they will be selling tickets shortly for that, so that will be pretty cool. Uh, I am not going to be going to that race this year. I was originally not going to be going to that race this year because of the, uh, the fact that we actually had another race to go to. We were going to be going to Sebring, which was to be held on the same weekend. Um, so... As of right now, we're not going to Sebring this year. We're going to be holding off on Sebring until next year. And hopefully, there aren't as many conflicts. I know that that's really a false hope because in Florida here, it seems like every race is on the same weekend, especially in the spring. So we'll see how that goes. I know that as of right now, and that is as of right this second, I am planning on attending the race in St. Petersburg next year. Uh, That will be held in March. I'm thinking about attending the race in Gainesville, the Gator Nationals, which is also being held in March. So that's two March races, which might even be the same weekend. I think they're actually one weekend after another. Uh, we'll also have Seagrant, which is also being held in March. I think the state of Florida in March. Um, so we're going to be going there for the, the race there. Hopefully that's a great race. I know it's going to be a, a pretty cool race this year. We did have a, a, a fabulous ticket package this year. Uh, we were going to go hang out with the people at the BMW booth and, and meet the, the drivers and all that. Um, that did not happen, unfortunately. Uh, so I still, have, I still have faith that we're going to be doing something like that next year. Um, and that'll be – those are the three races I'm pretty sure of. Um, I know we're going – as of right now, mm-hmm. again, as of right now, we're planning on going to the airport before the Rolex 24, which is held at Daytona National Speedway the third weekend in January. Um, there will be a P3 race there, an LMP3 race, as well as the warm-up for the for the other series, the DPIs and the P2 cars, as well as the GTs, GT Daytona and GT Le Mans. I do not know if there's other if the uh, the touring cars will be there for their their warm-up. I hope they will, but we'll see how that goes. I know in the past it's been sort of a Hit, hit and miss as far as the touring cars showing up for that race, that race weekend. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we will not be going to the Rolex 24 at Daytona again at this point, um, but I'm pretty sure we won't be going to that race because we're actually going to be going on a on a cruise. Again, knocking on wood as hard as I can here, 
that the cruising returns to normal before that point. It looks like it might. Um, I'm hoping that the first cruises go off in November as they're currently slated to, and then I'll feel a little bit better about giving the cruise company my money uh, in November and December because there's a, a nice chunk of money, but it's it's not too bad. They they do have some great deals, and they're still working on selling more tickets to cruises all the time. So hopefully that goes on, and hopefully we're able to have a nice cruise there. And then I can review the, the Rolex 24 at Daytona. But do find people here in early February. Should be a great a great time in motorsports. There's a lot of changes going on, as I stated. Um, the the LMDHs might be delayed a little bit in IMSA. Um, they are being picked up in in the FIA, especially by the uh, the ACO, the Club of the West, is going to be doing more stuff with them. Uh, I do not know how much of the FIA um, European Le Mans series will be picking up on those, as well as the Asian Le Mans series. But it's supposed to be like a worldwide sports car, and that's kind of a neat idea. Hopefully that that picks up, and it should be up by the end of next season. More than likely, it'll be 2022 before it's really fully implemented. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance to see some of the hypercars. I did post the picture of the hypercar on the website, uh, Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, so be sure to check that out there. Um, I also posted a, a couple of racing videos the past week, so be sure to check those out there as well. I think they're, uh, they're the sort of archived racing footage, so that should be cool. Next week, we're going to, we're going to be continuing with our series of, uh, of authors from Waldorf Publishing. At this point, I do not have an author's name to give to you as far as who's going to be on the program because I have a, a selection of authors to choose from. We hope to reschedule him. If we can reschedule him, that's great. If we cannot, then we'll move on to the next person in the list. Um, we might actually have a, uh, a Wanda K. Knight on the show at some point in the future. I know we've talked to her in the past. She's a great person to talk to. And we might have Deborah Hunt on this program in the future. Um, so that would be good. Deal to talk to as many as 30 authors from Waldorf Publishing on this program in the next year. That would be totally awesome if we did something like that. Um, she gave me a list of, I believe, 20 of that. I think there's 18 who we're going to highlight to begin with, and then she's got other authors in the pipeline who we might be able to talk to. And again, it's always great to have more people scheduled for the show. I love talking to people about uh, about their love of, of more sports, as we did with Reverend Dunn, his love of cars, and also what the other stuff they're working on in their lives. We also have Bobby Labonte scheduled to be on the show next week. That'll be awesome to talk to Bobby Labonte. He has some new projects he's going to be, be working on that he wants to share information about. He's also going to be racing with Tony Stewart next summer in the, his new stock car series. So we'll ask him a little bit about that as well. That'll be pretty awesome. With that, let's go ahead and move on to the end of the show, shall we? Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of the Morse Force at SpeedwayDigest.com. 
as for the past several weeks, I've had a lot of time to work on different pieces for SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff on there about uh, racing schedules. Um, we did highlight the one from IMSO. We also have the IndyCar schedule posted up there. And all the different new driving programs that people are working on. There's an IMSA SCCA driving program where they're trying to get young drivers involved in the sport. So be sure to check that out. Also, a few different team announcements, including the announcement recently that Andretti, Jared Andretti, will be moving into the P3 ranks next year. He'll be racing in the, in the LMP3 series. Probably next year, just racing the LMP3 class alone, which races in the P Challenge in IMSA. So that'll be awesome to talk to him, to have him in that series. He's been moving up through the ranks recently. He does have Robin Pemberton, the storied and historic and probably Hall of Fame crew chief who works with him through his racing career. So that's pretty awesome. And hopefully we get a chance to talk to Jared Andretti at some point. I've been working to try to get him on the show for a while now, and we'll see how that goes. I do have a few more contacts in the Andretti stable now, so hopefully we can get that worked out before next season. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise and my site for more fantastic finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter, mostly at a at PB Happening is the easy way to find that. And by heading to Football Plums Fantastic Finds.wordpress.com. Got a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, there's a lot of different openings going on right now. Uh, the state of Florida relaxes some of their corona restrictions, although there are others they're still picking up. So it really depends on, on where you're going as to what, what is open and what is not. Um, movie theaters opening up and that sort of thing. We have covered that a teeny bit. Um, Movie theaters are also closing, which is unfortunate. They, I believe that all the Regal Cinemas in the country, all 535 of them, closed effective at midnight tonight. And they probably won't reopen until sometime late next year or possibly 2022, or they could just be closing altogether. Now, I feel bad for those 4,000 people who, who share the my love of film, uh, the people in the exhibition industry. I did spend five years working as a movie theater person there, first at the Valley Cinemas in Lantana, then moving on to the Regal Cinemas Royal Palm 18 in Royal Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, it was one of the greatest times of my life. It was a, an amazing opportunity. I know there's a lot of young people out there who are not having a good day today because they don't know if or when they will return to work. So hopefully those things work themselves out, but it is a difficult, difficult year for a lot of people here with the COVID-19 crisis, and hopefully things get better. I know they will. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again.